My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, golf pals. It is Masters Week and Fan Share Sports is here to help you build your winning daily fantasy golf lineup. Fanshare Sports saves you precious research time by linking you to a wide range of fantasy golf content from across the industry. By tracking industry buzz and sentiment, only Fanshare Pro gives you the data you need to win. Go to FanshareSports.com today to see who is getting the buzz for Augusta. Get 20% off. This is a good deal. 20% off any Fanshare Pro subscription using promo code Fairway. That's FanshareSports.com. F-A-N-S-H-A-R-E-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Use promo code Fairway. Get 20% off any Fanshare Pro subscription. Unlike any other, it is a beautiful week. It is a holy week. It is a reverent week. The golf season has finally arrived. My birdie buddies, my par-saving pals, my eagle enthusiasts, welcome to Fairway Road! The new golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter Joe House, this show is brought to us by our very good friends at Callaway Golf. Callaway, makers of the new Apex 19 irons, the number one irons in golf. They scored a perfect 20 for 20 on the Golf Digest hot list. They've Golf Digest already put the previous version of Apex on the Mount Rushmore of irons. 
These irons are even better. Callaway has upscaled the look with the shaping, particularly on the scoring irons. They are as beautiful to look at as they are to hit. Available in classic chrome or smooth smoke now at CallawayGolf.com. My birdie buddies, we have a lot of Masters content for you this week. I'm very pleased to tell you today's show, a set-the-stage kind of show. It's Masters Monday. We want everybody to hear the storylines, get your head around the fact that there is pimento cheese to be had. There is egg salad sandwiches to be had. There is going to be some winners thought about and given out. Today's show, Alan Shipnuck. From golf.com is here to help us think about the storylines. Of course, we're doing some masters focused golf shows, golf social with Megan Schuster and our boy Chris Vernon. Berno is on. He gives us his pick for the week today. Coming up, we have another show on Wednesday. It's when we get serious with the allocation of capital. We are going to talk to Justin Ray from 15th Club, formerly of uh, the Golf Channel. He is the deep data and analytics guy, formerly of Golf Channel and now at 15th Club. Our own beloved Harry Gagnon is coming on to talk some some golf wagering with us. Our our hero from the degenerate trifecta against all odds. And of course, we've got another special props-focused discussion with Joel Beal from GolfDigest.com. House of Carbs this week. Masters focused. Speaking of Joel Beal, he and I go through all of the Masters sandwiches. We break them down for you. There are a couple of hacks out there. That'll go up on Wednesday. And then on Sunday, right after the green jacket has been put on a pair of shoulders, we're going to have a recap show cooking. It will be out Sunday evening for your enjoyment and consumption Sunday night or into Monday, whatever floats your boat. It looks like the first tee is open. Now that you've heard all of this lead-in, we're, we're going to keep you very well fed, my friends. Let's get on the first tee with Alan Shipnuck. Four, please. Now on the tee, Alan Shipnuck. All right, my birdie buddies. It is the Monday of Masters Week, the holiest week on the golf calendar. There's only one way to kick this off properly, and that is with a true giant in the golf media game. This gentleman is senior writer at golf.com, senior writer at golf magazine, legendary for his deep dive into topics, also legendary for getting under the skin of tour Players, maybe my favorite thing about him, Alan Shipnuck. Welcome to Fairway Rolling. Uh, thanks for having me. Who can resist an intro like that? It's such a great day. It's such a great time to be alive. Now, I know you're still on the West Coast. You're flying out east tomorrow, right? Correct. But this is where I want to start. We both had the opportunity over the weekend, an unprecedented first look at competition at Augusta National with this very, very well-thought-out, well-executed women's amateur event. How did you enjoy watching that? Well, you know, I don't quite drink the Augusta National Kool-Aid like everybody else. Um, Right. I love the golf course. It's a fun tournament. 
I, I disagree with almost everything the club does, and I've, I've had my run-ins with the club leadership through the years. So I'm yes. I'm a natural-born skeptic, and frankly, the endless congr- you know self-congratulatory um, press that the club is doing for itself, you know, couching them. Uh, the Green Jackets is these pioneers in, in gender equality it was nauseating given given the club's history of exclusion and its its uh, all male policies even last decade. Um, so I was prepared to hate the whole thing, but unfortunately the competitors were so likable and the the final round shootout was so compelling. And Jennifer Capcho uh, was such an incredible champion that, like everybody else, I kind of got swept up in the, uh, the excitement of it all. And that's just what happens, you know. Masters Masters Week always delivers. That golf course is always produces such a, such fireworks that it kind of absolves Augusta National of most of its sins. But uh, so it was no question it was a wildly successful debut. Um, you really couldn't have asked for anything more from uh, the competitive standpoint, and uh, it, was, it was a great theater. And it's it's you know now going to become a an anchor of this long you know pre Masters week. So I I love um, the observation and and uh, extremely in agreement about the self congratulatory of the run up as as though they uh, were birthed the uh, Equal Rights Act um, that that still hasn't passed the Congress. But you know I was fortunate enough to watch a fair bit of it without the sound on, and uh, really just started getting interested on the back nine when the tension really ramped up in the competition. And was fortunate to get um, a little bit of exposure to the backstories about the, the the women, and and that ended up really carrying the day for me. Um, and it, just the way that that you mentioned, but and and getting that glimpse at this early stage, that Saturday glimpse, the you know before Masters Monday, before the traditional you know live from where golf channel starts broadcasting from the venue and you start seeing the colors and the flags and everything and the players and the caddies and the all whites like that, that Monday, this Monday that we're talking about right now is, has traditionally been, um, the real entry point, but you know, if this Saturday thing and, and it really was charming, there were so many great stories becomes the way that we begin our sort of master's week. I think that, that, that has a good feel, um, to it from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought the I was a little disappointed in the setup. The greens were so soft. It for for the the Anwa, it, it seems slightly patronizing. Like, okay, let, maybe, maybe these girls aren't ready for you know a real fiery Augusta National. It's like, come on, the best players in the world, give them a, give them a chance. Um, and of course, now there's there's a lot of rain that's blowing through Augusta, and they already they already called the practice round, canceled it for the rest of today and tomorrow's iffy. So. Augusta National is it's most interesting when it's firm and fast and fiery. Um, I don't think we're going to get that. Certainly not the early part of Masters Week. Maybe, maybe by Saturday um, they can bake it out a little bit more, and it'll be it'll be more of a test. But um, you know, it's it, it of course looks great on TV. There's never been any doubt about that. And as you say, it was fun to get to get a an early glimpse and. Uh, the crowds weren't as big, so it's almost like the canvas was more expansive. You, you just, it, you know, the way that the holes were framed, it, it wasn't the crush of people, and it, it just felt like, um, I don't know, it, it was, it was a neat way to see the golf course presented, and uh, it was also, it was, it was a throwback in that some of the holes played the way they're actually designed. You know, you had, 
you had um, these competitors hitting lumber into the par five on the back nine instead of eight irons and nine irons, and that that was thrilling. And that's what made Jennifer Cupcho's shot so indelible was that she was in hybrids. We all know it's a higher degree of difficulty than if you're hitting an eight iron, and, and to, to knock down both flags the way she did on 13 and 15, that was just incredible. And uh, some of the other some of the other holes played more how they used to, and that, that, was, that was certainly fun to watch and, and part of the charm of that event. Yeah, so that those are, are two um, observations that I'm going to try and remember for next year to appreciate the expanse. And, and it's such a um, great point of like how the thing looks on television for that event was radically different. And I, I didn't really um, process it until you articulated it that way. It, it, it's, it's a giant place, um, but it feels less giant when there are so many people there for the, for the men's uh, tournament. And I also want to remember next year when I'm watching the clubs that the competitors have in their hands approaching, because that's, it's such a, that those hybrids are, are degree of difficulty compared to eight iron, just to your point, just in, in, in incredible difference. Now I, I have for us, I think we, the whole point of today's show, we want to set the stage for the week to come. There's three or four storylines I want to ask you about and, and give you a chance to identify some, some storylines as well. You have a story up today that I feel like is, is the correct kickoff point. It's about Patrick Reed, the defending champion. And your, 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 the headline is one year after his master's victory, the joy is still missing for Patrick Reed. What are we talking about here? Brother Shippy? Well, it's such a squirrely year, you know, he, um, winning the masters, especially for an underdog like Reed should just be the ultimate achievement. And it should be something that's, you know, they're singing songs in the taverns about you. And this is a Monday qualifier who really had to scrap his way onto the tour. And, um, but you know, I, I wrote, I wrote a big story Sunday night last year from the masters. They, you know, I was able to get his, his family's thoughts in real time as the final round was playing out. And, um, you know, everyone knows now the, the story of the estrangement between uh, Reed and his parents and his sister and all that messiness. And, you know, they weren't invited to Augusta nationally, even though they live in Augusta last year. And it really brought home just, um, the dysfunction that this always followed Reed, whether it's at the colleges he got kicked out of, it's in strained relationships with, with his colleagues. And, um, so, you know, that, that's, that's just part of, that's just part of sports. It, we're not rooting for laundry, you know, we're rooting for, for humans and their backstory. I mean, why, why do we remember the, the hug between Tiger and Earl more than any other shot in 97? It's because it was the culmination of an incredible journey, you know, Phil winning for Amy in 2010 when she had cancer, um, Harvey Phoenix, you know, un, unseen hand guiding Ben Crenshaw to victory. It's the human element that that makes these these wins so compelling. And Augusta National is the grandest stage in the game. It seems seems to bring out that emotion. And so you can't write about Patrick Reed's breakthrough without talking about his family and and all that mess. And um, and then of course we know what happened at the Ryder Cup with him throwing Tiger and Jordan Spieth and some of his only defenders under the bus and. Um, you know, this is Captain America just tarnished his, his whole legacy. And the only reason people really like him or root for him is because he was so great in the Ryder Cup and he kind of pissed all that away. And so, uh, and there was other little, you know, controversy, large and small. And so instead of returning to Augusta in this triumphant moment, it's, it's been a rough year for Reed and it's kind of thrown into sharp relief 
a lot of the reasons why people don't like him and don't root for him. And so it, it's, it's a strange feeling in, among the dogwoods, you know, it, you think about other players who have won in recent years and how, you know, whether it's Adam Scott uh, or it was such a feel good moment and it just carried them along for, for a whole year until they returned as, as defending champ. But uh, that that's not the case with Reed for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So, so I don't think either one of us, think very highly of his chances at defending his title the odds are are nearly impossible for somebody at the top of of his game uh to defend a master's title um let alone the condition of 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 his game even if you put this circus element behind the one thing i one question last question I, i have for you as it relates to reed is do you think this week can offer him an opportunity to do some softening, to take the past 12 months that had a lot of missteps and show a magnanimity, magnanimity, did I say it right? Magnanimity. I shouldn't try and say words. So I shouldn't try and say words that are beyond, I know how to spell it, um, to show a a generous, a a graciousness, a generosity, a spirit that can help, um, you know, golf fans, maybe take a more sort of uh, sympathetic or empathetic view of him. Do you think that's possible this week? I mean, I don't even, I don't know if, if he has that gear, I don't know if he's yeah. even capable of that. Yeah. And I think that the feelings have calcified around Reed to the point that, you know, even if he were to save a, a baby deer that was drowning in Ray's Creek and then win the masters, I'm not sure that would really do any good, but, um, <laughs> You know, America does love a winner. They love a redemption story. Uh, if you were to somehow defend his championship, you know, he's got two swing coaches right now that his wife is brokered, and there's all this craziness that surrounds him. If, if you were to somehow win the Masters, it would be an incredible story, and people might say, well, despite everything, i gotta, I got to give this guy his due. So, um, But I think, I think Reed's been in the public spotlight long enough, and people have kind of made up their minds at this point. Yeah. So speaking of um, winners and redemption stories, I want to talk about Tiger and Phil because I, I uh, something has developed over the past, say, week to 10 days that seems like it could impact the status of their relationship. And I think it really heightens what's to come this week in terms of the press conferences and the interaction between them. So Tiger announced sometime in the last two weeks that he, uh, through his partnership with Discovery, is doing uh, a series of match play individual competitions, uh, you know, golf matches um, that are going to be published on on this platform um, that he and Discovery have cooked up. And it seems like that's a different thing altogether from the match that he and Phil competed in at Vegas this past fall and that they are scheduled to compete in head to head once again, this, this coming fall. And it also seems like Phil may not be in love with this new development. Now I'm an outsider just paying, trying to pay attention to what's going on here with the curiosity and and palace intrigue kind of angle. You're an insider. What's going on between Phil and tiger? Well, you know, it's ego, it's money. Uh, you're correct. The Phil doesn't want to get cut out of this deal because there's a lot of money at stake. I mean, he won $9 million with about three and a half hours of mediocre golf. And then there's all the, all of the spillover benefits. 
so he, he doesn't want to miss out on this on this idea that he created. Um, but you know, now he Phil's not part of the the discovery deal, and I, it was fun to watch them go at it. But Phil does not have a global audience like Tiger does. And I've, I've been writing this for over a year when I first broke the story about the match that was coming. Was this is conceived as a, as a global vehicle for promotion and moving product and signing, um, you know, golf course design deals. So I'm sure Tiger's going to play Shoebaker Sharma in Mumbai. He's going to play Hao Tung Lee in Beijing. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's going to be about taking a show on the road. He'll play, you know, in Tokyo. I'd be amazed if Hideki Matsuyama's not part of it. Um, so Phil Phil kind of is the odd man out. I mean. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I like the two-man team aspect. I mean, if you get Tiger and Phil against Hideki and you know the player of his choice, that could be fun. I think I think Phil still brings a lot to the to the table, but um, Tiger seems to disagree. And I mean, let's face it, Phil needs Tiger, but Tiger doesn't need Phil. So, mm. um, and getting beat by Mickelson, having him crow about it and rub it in. I, I mean, I'm sure Tiger hasn't enjoyed that. So he, he might just be cutting his losses at this point. Well, it is interesting, you know, looking back at um, that moment for Tiger and and everything that he'd been through in calendar year 2018, it was apparent he was just physically exhausted by the time that match rolled around. And then he played like he was exhausted. And when he finished, it was apparent he was exhausted. So, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, Phil do a little bit of a, a gloating tap dance afterward, um, I'm, I'm with you. It makes sense that that it might not sit well uh with, with with tiger um do you think that this uh undercurrent will affect either one of their performance this upcoming week no nah, i mean it's it, the short answer is no i don't i don't think they're going to be worried about that when they peg it on thursday at um uh, at the masters it, it will be interesting though because we all remember that phil used use master week to help sell his, his new dress shirts. And in the press conference, he and tiger started woofing and that, that was the beginning of the promotion for the match. You know, people didn't know it. So they, they, they know the eyes are on them and they use that to their advantage for, uh, for business reasons. So if, if they play another practice round this week, it means Phil's probably part of this new series of discovery. And if they don't, he's out. So, you know, there's, there's some intrigue from the standpoint of how they handle things publicly in the run up. But once the master starts, that's all they care about. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, uh, let's just segue into, uh, expectations for tiger We we are in, uh, it feels like, you know, a, a new world altogether with tiger compared to where he was entering this week, just a year ago where every uh, single week was a step towards restored health, restored prominence. Can he, is he capable of, of pulling, you know, showing us that, that old uh, tiger skill, can he win again? Like all of those kind of questions were all part of the mix in, in April of 2018. They all have an answer. Now we know, we know the answer to whether or not he can win again whether or not he's capable of performing at the highest stage, whether or not he's capable of, of um, sustained health. So as we enter this week, what do you think Tiger is capable of in terms of performance? Yeah, it's interesting because there were more question marks surrounding Tiger last year, but at the same time, he was playing better coming into the Masters. He, he just had better form. You know, He hasn't finished with an eight shots of any winner this this season he really has not had a realistic chance to win whereas he's already had a couple leading into Augusta last year even as he was just figuring out his body and his swing so 
it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, Tiger just has not been able to play four good rounds. He's he's had two and a half or maybe three, but uh, that's that's really the issue. Is it is it physical or mental fatigue? Is it, it you know? There's times he looks stiff out there. He's talked about that. I think certainly you know the hot weather helps. The pure greens help. Uh, but his putting has been really bad um, this year. It just has. You know, he's like, I think 80th in strokes gained putting. He's way below that on some of the shorty distances. And everyone said, "Oh, it's great." You know, he didn't he didn't make it to all the way at the match play, and he got to rest. The worst possible preparation for the Masters is to miss a do or die four footer like Tiger did and knock himself out of that tournament. I mean. This is a guy who has a lot of scar tissue on the greens in the last 10 years. Um, I mean, whether you go back to uh, what happened to Y.E. Yang down the stretch, and then when he missed that little seven-footer at Liberty National a month later, you know, he missed a lot of short putts and the near misses in 2011 and 12. It's just um, putting, you know, putting might be overrated, Augusta. I mean, it's really, it's a second-shot golf course, and hitting hitting your approach shots into the right places is, might be the most, single most important thing all week and Tiger's great at that you know he's still probably the best iron player in the game but um, it's hard to win the Masters if you don't putt well and Tiger has not putted well so uh, and let's face it ever since people love to talk about Tiger's incredible record at the Masters but ever since the course became a longer tighter more penal test he's only won one Masters and he hasn't at, you know, compared to, you know, three of the first, his first six tries when it was a different golf course. And, um, you know, he's over the last 10. He's, uh, it's just, you, you can talk about his great record and all the top fives and top tens, but he hasn't been getting it done. Even, you know, even say 2013 when he was player of the year, um, even before the scandal, it just, um, it's, it has not quite been the playground for Tiger that people think. So, uh, I think he can certainly contend. Um, I would be amazed if he were to win this. There's just a lot of things working against him right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm glass half full on Tiger and what he's done early this season. I, I think that um, the performance that he's had so far is not necessarily reflective of what he's capable of because he, last year he was trying to answer questions to himself he was pushing down on the pedal in ways in the first part of the season that um, you know were out of character for him in terms of like going on on it was he had this pattern of of just barely making the cut early in the season and then pushing hard on Saturdays and going on. I think he either led the tour in Saturday scoring or ended up you know second for the entire 2018 season. And a lot of that, I believe, had to do with him trying to figure out, you know, what what he was all about. If you want to be positive about what, you know, he's done so far this year, the, the important thing is building the rounds. So he has more rounds to this point, 21 rounds versus 18 rounds at the same point compared to last year. And he knows where, where he's at. He knows what he's working on. And, you know, maybe he's doing a little bit of possum. Again, this is me trying to glass half full of this. A little bit of possum coming up um, to, to, to this week. That That's that's the positive spin I'm going to try and put on it. So you're, you're a Tiger truther? You think he actually missed that putt, the match play, on purpose? To, no, to no, expectation? no, 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 no. I definitely don't think that he missed that putt on, on purpose. But I think all things considered, um, his psyche, his brain, his body, the, his his golf spirit, gave him permission to miss that 
which is different, right? Okay. That's golf. That's the golf universe. It, it, and in his role in the golf universe, he he had given himself permission to miss that. I don't think he he, he ever gives himself permission under similar circumstances at Augusta to miss a, a putt like that. But that's enough. You you called it right. I am a Tiger truther. Let's let's move on. Uh, I have Rory McIlroy as a player of interest here. Vegas seems to agree because his odds are either seven to one or eight to one to win, which is absolutely ridiculous. Terrible odds. Nobody bet on Rory to win at seven to one or eight to one. Um, is this the one where he can finally break through, Mister Shipnuck? I mean, again, it, it, it's about your worldview. Um, Roy's had a lot of near misses this year. He finally got it done at at the players, and that was a cathartic victory. And then he gets his teeth kicked in by Tiger and looked totally overmatched out there. Which, what's the real Rory? We never know. Um, and you know, he's in victory at at the Players Championship. There was barely a fist pump when he was getting drilled by Tiger. There was no emotion. Roy's talked a lot about trying to take the emotion out of his game. And being a little, not being defined by his results, but he's always been a passionate player. And to, he looked, he looked just out of sorts against Tiger. Like he was afraid to, to care too much. And that really gave me pause, that whole performance. Um, you know, missing the putts on the front nine. Of course, we all saw a debacle uh, on the par five when he, he should have squared the match. And so, Roy's his circuitry has short, you know, has has shorted out a few times at Augusta National. And that, I mean, that golf course has done that to many people. Whether it's Greg Norman, Ernie Els, Johnny Miller, Lee Trevino, there's a bunch of players who should have won Masters or multiple Masters and never could. The, the golf course does that to you; it gets in your head. And Roy is squarely in that position now, and I don't know if he can fight through that. We're going to find out. I mean, if it's, if it's not this year, when will it ever be, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's playing the best golf of his life, statistically. He does have the conference in the Players' Championship. Um, it's a wide open, it's the most wide open Masters I can remember in a while. Or you, you can make a case for a dozen favorites, but um, it's, this is the ultimate test. I mean, I'm fascinated to see how Rory, how Rory plays. It's hard, given a lot of his Sunday performances over the last year and a half, it's hard to have tons of confidence in him. But... Uh, if he wins it, it'll be it'll be monumental because not only will it complete the career grand slam, it just frees him up for this whole second half of his career, and who knows what he could accomplish. Um, but if if he goes in there and lays an egg again, I mean, you get you really have to wonder if he's ever 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 gonna win a green jacket. So so I want to bounce a, a a kind of theory and and, and a kind of scenario off of you and see if you agree with my line of thinking. So what I'm rooting for, if I want Rory to win this tournament, so I'm not going to touch him at at seven to one or eight to one. To me, Rory's best chance to win this tournament is to be maybe in like the fourth or fifth group, one of those groups that's close enough to the lead on Sunday, but not the top, not not the final twosome, not right behind those guys, and and not the the third, a little bit further down, but maybe four to five strokes back. And I'm going to relate this to the odds because this is the kind of dabbler that I am. I, I kind of would like him to be good, not great. Like, you know, two under each day, like get this like six under or seven under. And I don't know 
with the soft conditions, whether or not, um, you know, what the scoring across the board is going to look like, but I want him to be kind of in an upper, upper tier scoring wise, um, and, and within shouting distance, but not so close that he looks like a favorite. And then I want to bet him on Saturday and I want him to shoot. I don't know. 64 is probably asking too much, but come out on Sunday and shoot 65 and post a number from that rear position that none of the other, you know, the top guys can uh, can get to and win that way. Do you? What do you think about that that scenario? So in other words, you have no confidence whatsoever, and you want know, just to backdoor a, a Masters win. Correct. One hundred percent. Yes, and it's because I share your sentiment, which is. He does not like being that dude. He does not like that smoke. He stood there on the first tee with Patrick Reed last year with the ability to take the Masters home, and Patrick Reed put it on him like it was a match play event, and Rory did not like being in that position. And I was reminded of that discomfort watching Rory against Tiger at that match play event. He does not like that smoke. So I I feel like for him to get this Masters, because of the scar tissue, because of the you know the the mixed history that he has, it's going to have to be a burn down the house, come from behind kind of performance, and then he can he's unleashed, he's unburdened, he's free to go out and go uh, you know uh, incandescent again. The old Rory that we saw before, the Rory that we saw in in some respects at at the players, um, you know that birdie on fifteen at the players was an all time huge cojones birdie that was really what propelled him to victory and that's the rory that i like the best that i that i'm rooting for so that that's that's the way i'm thinking about it sure i mean when people say it's hard to win a major i always counter with david duvall at the 2001 british open he barely made the cut he made the cut by one stroke went out early on saturday there was no pressure it went super low and then Sunday, no one made a run. He just cruised to victory. It's like the easiest major victory ever. Um, now, the Masters is different because it's more scorable and you don't have the vagaries of weather. And uh, It's hard to backdoor a Masters win because guys are just going to keep attacking. But, uh, I mean, your theory is sound. I mean, it's always seemed like the best route to victory for Rory, and um, he could do it. But, I mean, it's... It, You're yeah, skeptical. Sure. You're a little skeptical. I mean, a little I'll, skeptical. I would, I would enjoy watching that. I mean... Uh, we'll we'll see. I, he's clearly the keynote player this year, as far as um, you know. All eyes are on Rory. Let's just see how he does. It, it's going to be fascinating. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I have one other guy I want to talk about, and then I'm going to ask you for a pick. And it's a it's a Monday pick, so you know don't feel too much pressure. But the the other guy we have to talk about. We cannot talk about the Masters with not without uh, uh you know uh, having a little bit of a perspective on Jordan Spieth. Will there be? A Jordan Spieth sighting this week, brother Shippy. Oh, man, I mean, he he has so many multiple personalities. Which ones are going to show up? It's like, is it, is it the guy <laughs> who shot forty two on the front nine at Texas Open, or the guy who shot thirty one on the back nine? He's just Jordan is utterly fascinating. He's the most mystifying and the grittiest player in golf at the same time. So um, he's had. You know, he was, he was, he missed the cut of the players and afterwards sounded like he was ready for a gunfight. He was like, this is the best I've putted and I've, my putting's back. I'm going to be the best part in the world again. You know, he sh- a couple lights out rounds in Texas. It's like, here he comes. And then he goes out and, you know, shoots 42. It's just, it's so hard to know, but something about that course and those greens brings out his best. And I think he's not as far away 
as it seems. He's always been a streaky player. So I think there'll be a sighting. But can you imagine the the, um, the tension as he plays on Sunday around the lead with the way his swing has deserted him, the way he gets the yips? I mean, it would, he's utterly fascinating, compelling, and I'm glad he's he's on the scene because he makes it so much more interesting. But it's hard to have any confidence in the guy's game right now. I, I think he can play 54 great holes and maybe 63 great holes, but I don't think he has 72 holes in him. So it's a question of how bad are the, the blowups and um, how, how much can he recover? I'm going to, I want to put um, a little bit of money on what I'm rooting for. And I want him in the top 10 because the masters is more fascinating when he's around the lead because of the um the early legacy he has created there and we have such a luxury of riches this year with like n- nobody in the top you know 40 you can just flat out cross off as a potential winner at this event i mean we're we're really uh, uh lucky to have the depth of comp uh, of of um the field this year and this season with all these veterans, we have this string of veteran wins. Um, guys, you know, jumping up and saying, "Hey, don't don't forget about me." This these thirty five year olds coming out and grabbing uh, titles by the horns. Um, you know, it 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 it's it's uh, it just is. It feels it feels too too much uh, in some respects. But um, let's go ahead and talk about your 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 Monday pick for a winner. Everybody will understand that this is you. You have the right. You reserve the right on on the Twitter, whatever your publication vehicle of choice, golf.com, golf magazine, wherever you want to publish this to make your final pick. But what what's your Monday thought? Well, it, it just came out on golf.com with me picking Justin Rose. I, I, I'm going to stand by that. He's just such a premier iron player, and that, that's the key to the success at Augusta National. He's a good enough putter. He's a great driver of the ball. He's been there a bunch. I mean, he really should have won the year that Sergio did um, in 17. He's had a handful of other near misses. He's just such an elegant player. There's just something that would be fitting for him to have the green jacket. It, it just seems like you can't say about it. There's a lot of great players who don't seem like they're destined to be a Masters champion for various reasons. But Rose has always felt to me like a guy who is. And so, um, you know, but he's getting in his late 30s. I mean, again, the window is starting to close. So, um, Rory's younger, but it's there's a similar urgency with Rose. I think he's got to get it done soon. And, you know, he's, he's number one in the world as of this morning. The computer's spitting it out. And um, <laughs> it's time to validate that. It's time to justify it. He's just too great a player to have one major championship win. Now, I, I, I put a lot of weight on the gold medal. You could argue that's his second major, but it, it's been six long years since uh, since Marion. It's just time to get another one, and I think he, I think he does it. Well, I, I hate to do this to you, um, but I happen to wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> he is my Monday selection to win this as well. I've been looking at him for a while, um, and I am definitely going to wager on him to win this golf tournament. I liked him last year. I liked him the year before. Uh, I bet on him in that in the year that he lost to Sergio in in the playoff. Uh, I also bet on Sergio, so that one worked out okay. But you know the pedigree is is outstanding. He just it's your point is so on, on the money. Uh, he just looks like he belongs in a green jacket, and um, you know the 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 late thirties thing and what we've been seeing this season out of out of the old vets reminding everybody 
you know, what it takes to, to win with this depth of competition. You know, the young guns, the only young guns, the out of kind of nowhere guys, Corey Connors uh, fits that bill a little bit because of the Monday qualifier element, although the depth of field of the Bolero wasn't incredible. Um, the guy, Adam Long, who won out in the desert, uh, that was literally out of nowhere. Um, he stared Keith down. Mitchell. Yeah, and Keith Mitchell. Those are the, those are your like three, right, that kind of fit that. Uh, otherwise, it's been all prominent names across the board with several major winners um, as the winners on tour this season. Okay, so just Justin Rose it is. It's a little bit chalk. It's a little bit boring, but I'm right there with you. So uh, let, 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 let's, let's, go, uh, let's go rosy, I guess we're going to say. All right. Well, apparently he has no chance if we're in agreement, but it's going to be fun to watch. It, it really, <laughs> you know, it. If you look at the top 10 in the world ranking, this is the first time ever going into Masters Week that the top 10, has none of them have a green jacket. It just tells you how wow. wide open and how competitive it is right now in golf and just the amount of parity. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a great Masters Week. That's the bottom line. It's going to be a great Masters Week. All right. Safe travel out there. Tell me what's what what's your first sandwich? What's the first sandwich you get when you hit the grounds? Egg salad, add pickles, barbecue potato chips, and Texas Pete hot sauce. So this is I I uh I was fortunate enough to have Joel Beal on from Golf uh, Digest, golfdigest.com. He's on the food podcast House of Carbs, and we covered a lot of these variations. Now, does that sandwich that you just described have a name? Do you, have you named it? Uh, no, maybe we'll just call it the shipwreck. But um. yes, there we go. The ship, the shipwreck is always a beloved sandwich. Anytime I walk into a, a, a deli and they have on the board a shipwreck, that always my eye is always drawn to the shipwreck because it's a. It means it is a glorious combination of flavors and texts and uh, flavors and textures and and heat and salt and it covers all the bases. We have the beautiful, glorious at Augusta National. We encourage everybody that's hearing this. You're headed down the, this week. Get yourself an egg salad sandwich. How many packets of Texas Pete? One or two? Well, in you know, in, actually, to be, I, I don't want to big time you, but in the press room, we actually have glass bottles. Oh, Jesus! Come on. All right, so some amount of Texas Pete's. It's an egg salad sandwich. The Texas Pete crunch. Now, do you have a different a, a, a requirement for the flavor of potato chip? I, I go barbecue, but I would I would not look down upon someone if they if they chose a different flavor. But I think okay. it adds a little extra. Well, the crunch is is, is crucial because of that the, the softness of the egg salad and that and that yeah. beautiful white bread. And then uh, to top it all off, the crunchy the crunchy pickle. It's the, it is the shipwreck shipwreck as as given to us by Alan Shitnock. Thank you for coming on Fairway Rolling, my brother. You got to come on again. Uh, okay, but only if you are less enthusiastic about my food choices, because that was a little alarming. But otherwise, I'll do it. Um, you know, I have a, a, a food podcast called House of Carbs. You should check it out sometime. I'm pretty enthusiastic <laughs> about food, buddy. <laughs> All right. This is great fun. Thanks for having me. Always, always. Thanks, Shippy. Okay, take care. Bye. All right, big, big thanks to my boy Shippy, Alan Shipnuck from Golf.com, helping us think through how to set the stage for this Masters Week. We're going to talk to Megan Schuster and Chris Vernon on this show today. Before we get to Schuster for a little golf social, quick word from our friends at Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard with multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. You only have to go one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 
Rollin, R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology. So they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and they invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates. So you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Four out of five is 80%. If you're rooting for Tiger Woods this week, root for him to hit uh, at least 80% of his fairways this week. He could be a new Masters champion. Right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland. ZipRecruiter.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Birdie Buddies, this week's show also brought to you by our good friends, at TheRinger.com and Callaway, who published this week a new YouTube video featuring me, featuring Bill Simmons, featuring the legendary Southern rapper Scarface, originally of the Ghetto Boys and then a beautiful solo career ever since. Brad Jordan is the man's name. We had a beautiful experience together at the Los Feliz Par 3 venue in uh, just outside of Los Angeles, California. I haven't brought myself to watch it yet because I missed too many three-footers, but I encourage you to watch it. I I did try a different kind of stance putting-wise. I had a brand-new putter, and I was trying to see if, if she would fall in love with me. We're still working on that, but uh, she's playing a little hard to get at this event. In any event, uh, ringer.com, you go to our YouTube channel and check out uh, the Ringer Invitational. It's the first installment. If, if we're uh, lucky, maybe there'll be one or two more. Now, let's get into that golf social with Megan Schuster. Now on the tee, Megan Schuster. Yeah, Schuster, how are you? I am ready for Masters Week, House. How are you? Oh, my God. It is a holy week. We just uh, had a great conversation with Alan Shipnuck setting up some storylines, some potential winners, some of the intrigue, the palace intrigue. Mm-hmm. But there is a whole nother level. We've got a whole nother dive you and I need to go on. And that is into the golf social. So uh, right off the bat, there has been in just the, 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 a week's time. I mean, God bless these guys. <laughs> four or five incredible tales and stories and videos and the rest of it. Let's start with Tiger and Phil. We have to. I mean, where else could we start, right? It's Masters it. Week. These two are already in peak form. Um, the jarring has already begun even before they got to Augusta. So uh, just to kick things off, um, Thursday, Tiger did an interview with Golf TV, and he said that he had been practicing putting on his backyard greens. He's been struggling with his putter lately and said that his backyard greens were up to 14 or 15 on the stimp meter. If, if yes. That's even how you say it, um, is. which measures 
green speed, basically, as Augusta's greens are notoriously quick. Um, So he gave out 14 and 15 as the number that he's going with. Later that night, Phil posted a seemingly harmless video to Instagram where he showed his own putting green so that he was also working on his putting game. Um, But the caption was pretty notable, House. He said, quote, spending all week putting on my green with speed at 15.6 to 16. (laughs) Now, I could have somewhat looked past the numbers, you know, thought maybe he was just trying to psych some people out. But then he ended that caption with the smiling sunglasses emoji, and I knew exactly who it was directed at. Yeah, the the uh, the video is is literally incredible. Like you, you, it's not to be believed. He puts two balls, and both roll and keep rolling and keep rolling. And it seems like at any moment they may stop, and yet they keep rolling and keep rolling. And you know, not to uh, you know, spoiler spoiler alert. <laughs> he makes bo- both balls drop. Now you wonder how many times he had to do it exactly. to get both balls to drop. <laughs> but still, it, I mean, you know, it's an incredible feat to the to the, all of us mere mortals. Truly. And sending the shade at Tiger at this stage of the week is just peak fill. It's extremely luscious. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to make a, a, a quick observation to all of our Callaway pals out there. The ball that Phil put into play at Pebble Beach, he took this brand new technology that Callaway developed, triple track technology, which is uh, essentially taking the idea of alignment aids on balls to a whole new level. It's two blue lines with a thick red line in the middle. He put that ball into play on the Chrome Soft X golf ball, and he was the only one that had a ball like that in in competition. He won at Pebble with it. The golf community said, hey, wait, I mean, <laughs> these balls are out. You can play, you can buy the the uh, balls with the triple track technology, but right now um, they're on a on a different kind of ball, not the Chrome Soft X. Uh, the Callaway community heard you, and these ball these balls, the Chrome Soft X, are out April the nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen. That's not even two weeks from now. So keep your eyes open for the Chrome Soft X balls with the triple tra- track technology. Maybe you can put two of them at the same time and and put them in the hole on a, at a 16 stimp if you're as good as Phil. Yeah, I mean that's a tricky thing to do for sure. Honestly, that video looked like an optical illusion the first time that I watched it, but just pretty incredible shade so early on from Phil. Yeah, so I, I talked to Shipnuck. There is a thing going on right now between Tiger and Phil. Oh, um, that may have to do with the match and and you know because they they had that competition head to head at Vegas at the end of last year at, at Thanksgiving time, and Tiger has since announced a, a collaboration with a, a, a golf media company called Discovery. They also do courses and so forth. They're big players in the golf game. Um, he's doing a series of head-to-head matches around the world where he, uh, it seems like, will be competing against folks from places like you know China and places like mm. India uh, as a way of of continuing to export the game and you know um, while he's still capable of it 
make his indelible impact across the world uh, on, on, you know, uh, growing the, the, the golf game. And it may be the case that Phil does not like the fact that he was not a prominent part of that. So we're, we're Ooh. all, everybody's paying close attention, but this shade <laughs> that Phil threw Tiger's way, maybe it has a little extra edge. Who knows? We're just all going to <laughs> sit back and watch and enjoy this glorious master's week. Yes. So what, what, what else do we got? Uh, what else do we have? Well, we need to rewind slightly to talk a little bit about the Valero Texas Open because there was one notable use of golf social media during Sunday's round. Now, there was during Sunday's round, Joel Dahman got a Twitter mention um, from someone named Charles Marvel, who said, it seems at Joel Dahman is specializing in making sixes on par fives this week. What a damn joke. Now, most of the time, I would think golfers wouldn't take that too personally, but uh, Dahman actually responded in the middle of his roundhouse. Uh, at the time that the tweet went out, Dahman was in the middle of playing the 15th hole. Uh, he responded to this person and said, I just made par with an expletive at the end that I will not uh, not repeat. It begins with an A and ends with a hole. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, it's definitely possible that this came from a social media manager, but given the language used, I am more inclined to believe that Damon himself tweeted this in the middle of his round. So I wanted to ask you, how, how do you feel about mid-round social media use on the course? Well, first of all, I think it would be the single best development possible on the PGA Tour. <laughs> but I also don't believe for a second that Dahman had anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, I think this is what I prefer to believe. Okay. I have no idea. I haven't done any investigation of the backstory. I just love, love, love anybody that writes, I just made par, asshole. <laughs> That's that right to the top of my list uh, yes. on, on Twitter. In fact, that might become... My new uh, uh, Twitter bio. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, I, I just made par asshole. That's it. You know, <laughs> at house from DC. I just made par asshole. That's iconic. Um, yeah, I love it. So, uh, my, what I prefer to believe is that he's got a loved one in his background. I don't know whether or not Mr. D is married, but mm -hmm. if he's married, um, I I like to think it's his wife Ooh. playing playing a strong. Justine Reed. I was going to say, wow. You know where I'm going with this, Shusty. <laughs> Protect the brand. Yes. We're not tolerating any of this husband slander. Uh -uh. We don't need. We don't need any of this nonsense shade from the outside environs. We're out here playing the game. Our man's has got it. It's getting it going. This is a team game more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Individual players, but it takes a village, Shusty. And I love Team Damon out there, Diamond out there protecting the shield, the protecting the D shield. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping it was a, a, a loved one that, that was on that one. I will say if it was a loved one, that is an extremely strong relationship. Sharing your Twitter password with that person that involves <laughs> a lot of trust and a lot of faith. And I fully support it if that's the case. Well, you know who whose uh, Twitter password is definitely in the hands of his wife? Who is that? Pat Patrick Reed. <laughs> I mean, Patrick, there isn't a password Patrick Reed possesses that his wife, that she, she probably gave it to him. I was going to say, I bet Justine created all of Patrick's passwords and probably if, has them locked down somewhere. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if, if I wanted to hack Patrick Reed, I would just type in Justine number one <laughs> uh, for, for every single app that I was trying to 
get into it feels like that's got to be one of the top five possibilities right yeah if we were giving out odds for that one that would have to be like what five to one something like that like that's (laughs) That's gotta be like really high up there on the list that's exactly it okay well let's talk about speaking of patrick reed let's talk about some (laughs) things that we're looking forward to this master's week what 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 do you got on your list what are you thinking about yeah so there's a lot that i'm looking forward to um i made a brief list uh this morning of things that i was most hyped for first on my list is tales from a patrick reed champions dinner house that dinner is coming tuesday night we already know the menu it's bone-in ribeye with mac and cheese creamed corn and creamed spinach um last month patrick reed said quote i'm going to fatten those boys up a little bit Um, about his champion's dinner. Um, So I'm wondering, is this sort of a competitive advantage? Like feed everyone heavy, heavy food on Tuesday night, maybe make their practices on Wednesday, stuff like that, a little more sluggish um, and come out swinging on Thursday. Who knows? I wouldn't put it past him and Justine to have concocted a little bit of subterfuge um, for their Tuesday dinner. Um, As a a person who appreciates a good meal. Uh, I want to at all times, um, you know, throw shade at Patrick Reed, but that's a delicious menu. Yeah. I mean, let's just get it on the table. <laughs> cream spinach, cream corn, macaroni and cheese, steak with the bone in. Yep. I mean, that is, that's a hero's dinner right there. <laughs> now I do think it's funny, this idea of fattening those boys up because the fitness regime, uh, of these players is now a very public thing. Dustin mm-hmm. Johnson, Brooks Kepka. Even even guys smaller uh, of stature, you know, the fitness uh, element of this is crucial. You know, Rory's fitness uh, r- regime is is pretty legendary. Yeah, and I, you know, it'll be really funny to see how many of the guys. Uh, now we're not, you know, those names I just mentioned are not um, guys that are going to be inside there eating that beautiful dinner. But Tig- <laughs> yes. Tiger will be in there. Yep. Uh, Adam Scott is a physically fit. Uh, Fella, Bubba doesn't look like he he ever uh, overeats anything. <laughs> no, um, certainly not. So there there are there are some 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 folks in there. Sergio's pretty fit. Um, I I I wonder how many of them are going to be you know eat two bites and then and then and then send the rest away. Yeah, Patrick did also say he would have a healthier option for those who so chose. Um, but I like oh, to, I wish, I wish I'm he so just disappointed in that. I know. I wish he was just making everyone go with the full, the full meal. That would be yeah. a real like Patrick Reed move. Seriously. Come on, Patrick. All right. Uh, what else are we looking forward to? Another thing that I'm very excited about is Tiger's traditional first tee shot missing the fairway. Um, like last year and many years, this was a common prop bet on whether or not his tee shot would hit the fairway on the opening hole. Um, at one point in 2015, actually betting sites removed this prop bet because Tiger was missing fairways so often that it stopped uh, making them any money. But last year, the odds actually favored him hitting the fairway and he still drove his tee shot directly into the crowd. So I'm very much looking forward to that. That's always like my big marker that the Masters are happening is when Tiger misses the first fairway. How about this? I'm pulling it up right now. There are a whole series of Tiger Woods dedicated props. We're looking at Tiger Woods props right now. Uh-huh. I clicked it open. Okay. Let me see. I have. Oh, here we go. Tiger Woods tee shot hits fairway in first hole. Right now, mm-hmm. if you believe he's going to hit the fairway, you have to pay two to one odds. So <laughs> I have to pay 200 bucks to win 100 for yes. <laughs> NFW, give me no 
every day of the week and twice on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I haven't done my entire allocation of capital yet, Schusty. That's a Wednesday tradition okay. for me when it comes to the majors. But I assure you, everybody listening to Fairway Rolling, get on no right now. Plus 165. I might put four figures on that, <laughs> Schusty. Tiger Woods does not hit the fairway on the Never. first hole at the Masters. Never. We, this, this, it's a time-honored tradition. No <laughs> chance he hits. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I, I want to caveat this. If there's any indication whatsoever that he is going to hit an iron off the first oh, tee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, he wants to then we be take in, the, it all in back. the fairway. <laughs> no, but but the price that you pay for that, you know, you can't be 230 out, right. um, which is where you would end up because of, of how uh, uphill this this whole plays and, and ask the ball to hold the green. One green is impossible uh, to hold with, with any kind of a, a, a longer – iron anything um you know above like like a six iron so uh that would be my caveat but boy oh boy plus 165 for tiger to miss the fairway on the first hole it's the only thing i'll allow that i'll indulge myself to root against tiger on though <laughs> i just just to be clear about that okay well let's talk about one or two other things that we're looking forward to this week yeah um the last big thing that i'm most most looking forward to is seeing how jordan spieth comes out uh, he's never finished worse than tied worse than tied for eleventh at Augusta, and if you take twenty seventeen out of the mix, he's never finished worse than third. Um, but this year, he hasn't finished better than tied for twenty fourth in any tournament, and he hasn't won anything on the PGA Tour since twenty seventeen. So I am extremely curious to see if his Augusta magic can overcome his recent play. It seemed. Early on in the Valero Texas Open, like he might be turning things around, and then had a disappointing Saturday and Sunday. But uh, there's some sort of Augusta magic with him that I can't shake, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing if he can turn things around. This is great. I covered this with uh, Alan Shipnuck, and, and uh, Alan put it, you know, in terms of like his multiple personalities. Mm. Who, who's going to show up? Which iteration of of Jordan? Because on Saturday at the Valero, just this this past Saturday, he shot 42 on the front mm-hmm. and 31 on the back. Yes. So which which version are we getting? Now, I am with you. I feel like he walks in, he, he arrives on those grounds, and then he's cloaked in some kind of cosmic, karmic, golf, uh, 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 let's call it a blanket mm-hmm. of... of, of uh, comfort and support and confidence and it's also true of the patrons the patrons there love him yeah. and will be rooting for him that adds to the comfort that adds to the to the psychic calm and if jordan can get one or two of those voices in his head quieted down or maybe turned off altogether and he's only got you know three voices in his head instead of six or seven <laughs> maybe we get a return to the jordan speed that that uh you know, Bert just just shows us extraordinary things at Augusta. I know I'm rooting for it mm-hmm. because you know that just adds to the overall flavor of a tournament where it feels like any one of thirty guys can win. Um, right. So that that's that's my hope for outcome with Jordan. And can I just say how iconic it would be to watch Patrick Reed give Jordan the green jacket this year? <laughs> Just, just picture it. Just picture it for a minute. Oh, and it's in my head. It's I know. So good. <laughs> I know. I'm well, so I, in. 
I'm so in. I don't think we're going to do anything be- any better than than leaving uh, all of our fairway rolling homies with with that beautiful vision <laughs> in their heads. Let's let's let it lie. We're not going to do better than that, Schusty. We will be back uh, together and and uh, have an opportunity to recap how all of this happened, how this uh, went down, and I'm sure between now and uh, when we are, when we are reconvened. There's going to be a couple funny things that happen on the on the Twitter and the Instagram. If Phil if Phil Mickelson has anything to say about it, <laughs> too true, too true. Enjoy Masters Week, Shusty. Thanks, you too, House. All right, there we go. Thanks, Shusty, with the golf social review. Verno is coming up before we get to his epic flash pick of the week, and of course, a little bit of our check in on this week in Tiger Woods. Quick word from our friends at Ethos. You may think you don't need life insurance yet, but if you have loved ones who depend on you, you need to have a plan. Thankfully, Ethos makes doing the responsible thing easy. Act like a grown-up. With Ethos, you can get covered in 10 minutes online. That's very easy and very quick and not too much time out of your day. You can even sign up right from your phone. No pesky paperwork or pushy salespeople. Just choose a policy that fits your needs and don't waste time deciphering fine print. Ethos treats you like a person, not a risk. They work to make sure you have the right policy for your lifestyle and budget. A dedicated customer support team right here in the USA is available to help with any questions you may have. Visit ethoslife.com E-T-H-O-S life.com and click check my price to get started on the quick online app application ensure your life today by going to ethoslife.com to apply online ensuring your life and providing your family with financial security has never been easier birdie buddies that's E-T-H-O-S life.com you're 10 minutes away from your estimated rate make sure your family's future is safe no matter what today's show also brought to us by our pals at cbs sports app hey golf fans our favorite time of year is upon us the masters holy week a tradition unlike any other And CBS Sports is where you can get direct streaming access on your phone or computer to live coverage all day for each round of the tournament. The coolest part is you can choose between four different streams. So if you want to watch the featured groups of the day, you can do that. If you want to follow the field as they come through Amen Corner, you can do that. If you want to watch holes in 15 to 16, do that. Or if you want to watch top golfers getting ready for the round on the practice range, just get a little bit of that that master's buzz going for yourself. That's your choice as well. Four beautiful streams, all distinct, all showing you different things. Rotate around if you want. We've been looking forward to this action since the last green jacket was awarded. So you really don't want to miss a second of the action. I'm not going to miss a section a second of the action. The best part is that this app is entirely free no need to pay a subscription or have an expensive cable package to watch so download cbs sports app on your phone or visit cbssports.com slash masters fr today that's cbssports.com slash masters fr free streaming of the masters get on it
Four, please. Now on the tee, Chris Burnett. We have made it to Masters Week. Chris Vernon, something's going on at Augusta. Please tell me you we you have the 2019 version of that of that famous song in in the works as we sit here right now. I live for this <laughs> every year. I can't wait for the Masters. I can't wait for Masters updates. I was thinking about this this morning. I would say it is easily one of my top five favorite sporting events of the year and it's i i mean i was trying to figure out where i would rank it it is so incredibly high because it's a lot of times that maybe the biggest sporting events don't involve necessarily my favorite teams or i don't have a specific rooting interest and yet with this thing like i don't have to have a rooting interest in it and no matter what i end up loving it so it's it's very, very high up there, and I have been looking forward to this for a long time. I cannot tell you how many things I have listened to and read and taken in, and hopefully the people that are listening to this podcast, right, it's the same way. Like, it gets to this time of year where you just want to hear about it, you want to talk about it. Everybody that's even like a periphery fan has like a pick for it. I can't wait. It, it, it's such a great point. So – and I couldn't agree with you more. It really does enjoy a special place in the American sporting public's interest and in, in, in consciousness because it, it fits a great moment on the sports calendar. It comes right on the heels of March Madness. It's always in, in early April, and it's right at the outset of the long slog that is the NBA playoffs and the long slog that are the NHL playoffs. And baseball's just gotten going, but especially for here on the East Coast and then extended out to the Midwest, the weather has changed. We are starting to get two or three or four consecutive days of warm weather. And in early April, the tradition of turning on the television and seeing Augusta in all of its glory, the beautiful azaleas, the flowers are blooming. It puts in your mind's eye that, hey, we're out. Winter is in our rearview mirror. We are staring at many, many months of warm weather and all the glorious things that go along with it. And as a part of, of our own collective sports enjoyment, it really kicks off a beautiful season. So I, I couldn't agree more with you. And the other thing is we are all of that. You know, I mean, you and I are both of that age and many people that are out there that have like small kids. You don't do anything after you've got small kids. Your whole like life revolves around that. And so how many pick back up golf or start playing golf again? I was at my kid's baseball practice on Saturday. I'm not kidding. Three dads had joined a golf course that week. <laughs> That's when you know how That's when yeah. you know, the Masters is, and spring it kind of like symbolizes that spring's right around the corner. And, uh, and yeah, as you get, you know, you still want to like, you still want to be competitive and you still want to play stuff, but all the, like all the men's softball leagues and the basketball leagues, all that stuff dries up. And yes. so everybody starts getting into golf. And then obviously this weekend, everybody wants to like dust off the clubs after you watch Thursday. 
That's exactly right. That's why our, our good friends at, at, at Callaway are ready for you. You and I will do, we're going to do your epic flash pick of the week. We're not going to do it right now, but uh, uh, I want you to, to, to have a couple names in advance. So this, this today, Verno, this is our set the stage show. So we're just identifying storylines, had the great uh, writer from golf.com, Alan Shipnuck on to help us flesh out some of the, the early week stories. And then on Wednesday, I'll give out my epic flash pick of the week, but I, I'm I'm very eager to to hear your thinking before we get there. And I don't think there's going to be any overlap, but don't let me put words in your mouth. Let's go ahead and check in on this week in Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods. <laughs> all right, Verno, you and I have been talking about it all golf season, but you know, like like we've been saying. The American sporting public is just now waking up to, to golf, and we we have a couple of opinions on how Tiger Wood has been trending and how he's been preparing himself. How are you feeling this week? It's Masters Monday about Tiger Wood's fortunes this coming weekend. I will be surprised if Tiger is not on that first how about, how about this? First two pages, right? When they start, when they show that leaderboard and they start scrolling through, if he's not on page one or two by the time we get to Sunday, I will be surprised. Yeah. So that's, we're talking right there. That's like the top kind of 15, 16, you know, seven or eight names fit on that's the right. first page and then seven yeah. or eight fit, it, fit, it, fit there. On the second page. So in the first place, you that that presumes, and I, I agree with you, we both believe Tiger Woods is going to make the cut this week. We're not going to take that prop that says, you know, it's, it's plus odds. It's nearly five to one odds if you want to uh, be a contrarian and basically, you know, root against everything that's fun about golf and, and root for him to miss the cut. You can get nearly five to one odds. But you and I are not going to be on that side. We believe he's going to make the cut, right? Absolutely. And and look at the way he played in the biggest spots last year. You know, towards the end of that season, when we got to the big moments, I mean, he played well. He played well. And so, I, you know, he said he's been, everything was geared up for this. We know he has tremendous history with this particular course. And, okay, so maybe he's not the best player in the world right now, but he's one of the best 20 when he's got it cracking. And so I certainly think that he'll be there. Um, when you take his history here, I will be surprised if Tiger Woods is not involved in this tournament in a way where, and I know he hasn't come within seven or eight strokes of winning, even though he's placed, you know, decently high in some tournaments already. Um, I think he's going to be in the mix. I do house. So I want to run through some of the the negative aspects. If you're if you want to be down on Tiger for a top tier finish, he has not, as you just kind of referenced it, had a stroke play finish where he's finished better than top ten in 2019. His speed control on the putting greens has been concerning to us. You uh, mentioned a stat on one of our last couple episodes where he has uh, exceeded his total of uh, three putts by quite a bit. So we've seen a three putt tendency out of Tiger that's out of character. He hasn't 
really contended at the Masters since 2011. That's a long time ago. And the uh, version of Augusta National that he's playing on, now this is true for everybody, they they lengthened that fifth uh, hole by, by 50 yards, and the fifth hole was already a bear, already one of the holes that averages over par. Um, I, I, you know, it, wonder about his hitting fairways in regulation. We know his iron play. He's still, if not the premier iron player, you know, one of. But the key to be successful at Augusta is you got to find fairways to put that that iron play into use. That's the list of negatives. Now, help help talk me into a couple positives that give me a good feeling about about Tiger's fortunes. Okay, so we talked about those three putts, but then in the next tournament he played after that, he cut those down drastically. And yet it was the iron play, it was the approach shot that weren't real right. So this is what I told you then. If you tell me that he's, I would much rather him be struggling with the, with the approach shots and the iron play because he's going to get that right. What I don't need is him being a mess on the green. But here's where this matters greatly, House. This course in particular is one that your history there does matter a great deal. And you hear all kinds of players talking about the challenges of putting there. And that there is a real feel that it takes. And so sometimes you see certain players exceed their ability. They wouldn't normally necessarily putt that way. And yet they have had these great putting rounds. And you can go back to Jordan Spieth, who wasn't in tremendous form last year. And yet he's there right there at the very end of that thing. Um, Tony Finau had one of the great putting performances ever, even on a dislocated ankle last year. Now that doesn't necessarily indicative. I do think you, I don't want to say you can throw out all history or all the other courses, but I will tell you that if you have shown a propensity to be able to putt well at this particular course, I do think it matters a great deal. And history has, has bore that out that there is a challenge to the greens at Augusta. Um, that takes so much feel. And so if you've shown, Hey, I can, I can bury putts there and I've got a good feel on these greens. I think that actually matters more than how you, how you necessarily put it everywhere else. I totally agree with this. This is an experience driven. The winners here very rarely are folks that come in right out of the blue who, who played it the first time. And especially for the purposes of, of some uh, of the veterans who know where to miss, who know which, which part, you know, what, what undulations and what uh, aspects of the putting surface hold, you know, particular kinds of tricks. And they have a lot of familiarity with where pins are going to end up being. So they know how to practice to those pins. That experience can't be, uh, understated the value of that. And that does represent a great evening out in terms of, you know, any concerns we might have putting wise uh, with, with, with uh, Tiger and then, and the form that somebody might have shown coming in more than any other venue, perhaps understanding what these greens hold and this, and the, the subtle, uh, the subtleties of the way 
putts break, you always, you know, think about, at least I do, when Jack Nicholas at 46 years old, you know, won by way of a stretch of birdies uh, on the backside and the way he talked about knowing that, that even though a putt sort of held a certain line up to within six inches of the hole, but then knowing that there's a subtle move, half a ball move back towards the hole, that kind of experience is, uh, you know, obviously invaluable. And that's what we're counting on for Tiger to keep him competitive, even if some aspect of his game is a little bit off. You just can't count on that familiarity, that comfort, and, you know, him just, just you know, feeling like he owns the joint as a thing that, that helps carry him through. So we're both in agreement he makes the cut. We're both looking for him uh, on the leaderboard in the top 15. Do we dare say top 10 finished for Tiger Woods this week? Oh, I think it's absolutely possible that he will be there in the top 10 at the end. I mean, I told you, he's the first two pages. So now I don't have to go that much further to think that he's going to be in the mix. I think he's got an incredible amount of confidence at this course. And I think that this is the most confidence that you've seen him playing with in so many years. I don't want to say you can throw out all those years in between. Um, but this is obviously the best form he has been in in a long, long time, House. Yeah. And so when you combine his history there and that he seems to be playing well, I I, I just think that he, I think he's going to be in the mix. I do. I do. I think well, he's going to be in the mix. And if you told me he's going to be in the top 10, that would not shock me at all. He's got 21 rounds under his belt uh, already this year. That surpasses the 18 rounds that he had uh, going in last year. We know that he's healthy. There's no question about his health. And, you know, his uh, his putting, um, you know, stats aren't great, but all we're talking about is, you know, uh, inside of six feet. This is what we want out of Tiger. We want avoiding three putts, and we want him inside of six feet, uh, you know, ma- making those, those putts. And we're counting on his experience at Augusta to carry us, you know, uh, a, a long way in getting him uh, uh, inside that, that top 10. So that, that's well, our, well, our, this is a guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, this house, this is a guy that can recall exactly where he wants to hit it when he's putting up the most historic round. I mean, it is just a different deal when you can stand up on a tee and you know exactly where you want every shot to go. Now, it's a chore to try to get those shots to go exactly where you want to go. But what an advantage it is to know this is where I want to be on this green. This is where I want to be in this fairway. This is the kind of approach shot I want to have. And I mean, when you're talking about all those rounds and all those successful rounds that he has, he knows exactly what he wants to do. It's just a matter of can he do it? And I think for the last several years, he hasn't been able to do it. And that's now right. I'm, I'm voting that he can. Well, you and you and me both, uh, I love it when he starts talking positive about himself after the players, he said his game was right on ta- on track. And I also love, he was throwing birdies all over the place at, in down in Austin at the WGC match play event. In fact, e- even in the match that he lost to, uh, Mr. Mr. Beer regard, uh, he still made seven birdies. So, you know, that that's, I think indicative of the, of the form 
that we're hoping for. So I, I love it. We're both on the same page. I'm not going to be so bold as to declare a Tiger victory this week, but we're on the same page. Top 10 for Tiger Woods this week. All right, Bruno, it is time for the epic flash pick of the week. It is Masters Week. There's no pressure on you in the same way that the epic flash driver continues to take pressure off the players that are playing it. It features Callaway's innovative flash face technology created using artificial intelligence and machine learning to promote faster ball speeds. Many masters competitors this week, Xander Shoffley, Francisco Molinari, Kevin Kisner, J.B. Holmes. These are winners on the PGA Tour using an epic flash driver this year. Already more worldwide driver wins than any other model. 10 worldwide Callaway driver wins by non-staffers. Those are people not getting paid to play that driver, Verno. And Callaway uh, continues to be number one in worldwide driver wins, worldwide driver usage across the major tours this year. Did I get you one of these yet? Do you have one of these bad boys in your hands? I do not have it. In fact, I'm I'm using my Rogue. I like it. I don't need something. I, <laughs> I, I, I kill that thing. I you sent me a nice note about that Rogue last week. That's still in the in the Callaway family, and I understand uh, why you you might be committed to the Rogue once once you get a build a good relationship with with your driver in that manner. I, I I hate to talk you out of it, but I will just make this observation. Folks who love the Rogue and the distance that they've gained and the accuracy that they've gained, the reports are, and I'm one of these these people making this this observation, 10 to 15 yards further than the Rogue with the oh. Epic Flash. So just take that into consideration. I'll get one down there to you. You can try it out. Now, I, I said to you, I'm not going to make my pick this week. I'm saving it for Wednesday's Fairway Rolling. But I want you to to, to give us, uh, all the birdie buddies out there, the early Verno thoughts, the Vinny Verno thoughts on a winner for, the, for this week's Masters. Okay, so I had the craziest thing happen. It was a week ago now that you asked me, uh, as we were heading into the Valero, you said, we were like, hey, we're, we're already looking ahead to the Masters. And you said, who are you looking at? And my first response was Tony Finau. Within the past week since we so – and Finau did not play very well at, at Valero, by the way. Um, within the last week, there's a guy – are you familiar with Joe Pita? Joe Pita is a, he's a writer who he, – he, he wrote a famous book about – he was a Wall Street guy who left to discover analytics in baseball. And then with that said analytics, he used his, uh, he used his wisdom from the financial world, et cetera, et cetera, and became a sports better and beat baseball and wrote a book about it. And he ended up writing, you know, writing previews and whatnot for ESPN. And I was listening to my buddy, Chris Felica, uh, known as the bear on college game day. And he was talking about this guy, Joe Pita, and about how he had put out, he was going to have a new book about golf coming out. And so as the story goes, Joe left uh, writing, uh, writing about baseball completely and got very interested in the analytics of golf and attempting to predict winners in golf. 
And so he's got this book coming out. Any golf fan would like it. And I, I don't know this guy at all. So I'm not right. Like I'm not a hockey yeah. I, I never heard of him until this last week. I'm going to give out the proper name of the book and then let you go. It's it, his book is called a 2019 masters preview. So it's for this week and this is perfect timing. The show is going to go up tonight. So yes. you'll, you'll hear this tonight or tomorrow morning. You can find this book. It's available online. The 2019 masters preview by Joe Pita includes a never before seen 2018 Augusta national strokes gained report. So keep going. Oh, no. And it is, it, listen, for any golf fan, so I downloaded it on my Kindle. I think it's like 100, 100, maybe 111 pages. I mean, it's yeah. a quick read. And for quick read. That likes Easy golf, read. And I have been super interested in the analytics of baseball and basketball. And, and, and so now golf is really just getting going with all of this. But the amount of work that he did to go back and look. Like chapter one is Tiger Woods is better than you think. Number two is no, oh, really, Tiger Woods is better than you think. And he goes back to talk about different tournaments and his heyday and how truly amazing it is through the analytics. Long story short, the book is super fascinating. Um, this guy is he's, he's a very good writer too. And so, anyways, I'm I'm reading through the book, and of course, you're going to get to the crescendo where. It, you know, he's talking about guys that he likes and reasons that he likes or whatever. The book loves Finau. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? Like, I'm reading through this book, and I'm like, this is great. So the book loves Finau. And since then, I believe Joe has said uh, Finau is his pick. And so I had said that to you last week. I'm reading this book that I love, and I'm like, uh, this preview, which is really good. And obviously, listen, there's a lot more to it than just the pick or the leaderboard or the preview for this one. Like it's really understanding who plays the best golf and why they play the best golf, et cetera, et cetera. And so anyways, that made me feel so much better, honestly, um, about it. And so I do really like Finau and he's plus 3,500. And then I am one of those that is, I am given to the experience of, the masters. And I was texting you over the weekend about Jordan speed. And I was super hoping that he would look really good at Valero because I knew that his odds were going to be longer for this masters than they have been in a long time. They're still not great. It's like plus 1700, I think. Yeah. Um, here's the deal house. All you got to do is go pull up his history at this tournament. It's like first, Second, first, tied for second, 11th, second last year. I think his lowest is 11th. And he's either first or second, you know, every other year. Yeah, that's right. He played in the thing. Yeah, Yeah. so he comes out of Valero. He throws out 68-68. I watched an interview with him uh, a week ago. And going into Valero, he was like, listen, he was like, I was doing some things. And then, so I'm watching this interview, and I'm like, okay, I hope he's, you know, hope he's not as much false confidence. But he throws up 68-68, and I'm like, oh, damn, he's going to run away with this thing. Then he falls apart completely, and next thing, I and I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, my God, what a round. Then he scratches and claws and throws up a 31 on the backside on what? Was that Saturday? Yeah, I think so it was. That, that's um, right. Well, he shot 42 on the front and then 31 on the back. On that Saturday, yeah, which is really like Jordan Spieth's whole season in a microcosm. Yes. 
And I am just, I am, I do believe that history at this course matters. I do. Um, now I, I say that with saying I am a, I am a speed fan. Um, but I, I, I think you look at it and you go first, second, first, 11th, you know, like he's been there every time, you know, that tied for 11th is the lowest that he has had. And so I give it, he has not played well. Um, he has not played well this year. Wasn't very good at the end of last year, but this particular course, he has found real greatness on it. And so I am, uh, I am persuaded by that, and I think that if he's not in the mix again, I'd be surprised because he's always been in the mix here. And then the other one is uh, is probably Rom, but his odds suck. Yeah. Um. So I guess uh, Finau is the one I'm really going to rock with because plus thirty five hundred is monstrous. Oh, and we terrific. know he had that part par three. It's hole in one. Jumps up and celebrates. Dislocates his ankle. Still made the top 10 last year. So I'm kind of banking on, hey, what can he do with two good feet? Um, and I think it'd be a hell of a breakout for him. Well, so that's right. I and, then, like, and I do like Fina. I, li- I like um, looking for guys in that uh, sort of price range because that's where our winners have come from, the, the previous three masters. If you go... Uh, uh, Patrick Reed was in the 35 to 40 to one range um, before that week got started last year. Sergio, I know, was available at 33 to one because I had him two years ago. And uh, Danny Willett was was available in the 50s before, like in the you know 50 to one some odd, and then it dropped down as as the tournament came near. But uh, you know th- this that's kind of the range. There have been. The, the 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 winners of the Masters the last handful of years um, have been guys coming a little bit uh, you know off the radar. There are they haven't been any of the, the the top big dogs. They haven't been anybody that fits any of those odds profiles as as as, as favorites. And so looking for some value in that that thirty to, between thirty to one and forty to one class. There is a lot of merit to that, and 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 Finau right right smack dab in there in the middle. I think for Jordan Spieth, I'm going to play a top ten wager on him. I like him as at a top ten finish. That's available right now at plus one sixty, so it's still plus odds, and that fits. That gives me a little bit of comfort. It doesn't put the wind pressure yeah. on him because he just feels you know. I just feel like this is a this is a different deal. Not that you can throw everything else out, but I do think that have you shown the ability to be awesome on this particular course, which is something that has been tough for other guys like Dustin Johnson. It has been tough for, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Justin Thomas, you know, some of the best players in the world, Rory, Dustin, Justin, these guys, um, not necessarily have found that level of success at this particular place. It is a different place. And it's part of why we love it so much, but if, same with Tiger, same with Speed. If you have found great success there, and to a lesser extent with Finau, who on a dislocated ankle was in the top 10 last year, like if you've shown me you can be great there, I there have been a lot of great players that just haven't found success there. Famously, Lee Trevino was one of them. Lee Trevino right. was one of the greatest golfers ever, but it just it wasn't right for him. It's just the course, and 
sometimes it's perfect for your type of game and sometimes it's not. And so Trevino, he couldn't find the success there. And, and there have been other great players that that has been the same thing. But I like the guys that I know have the ability to be amazing there. And so I kind of ride with them. So I guess the, the longer shot would be Finau, and I still like Spieth, and I do think Tiger's going to be in the mix. Well, I, I like uh, uh, the fact, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Joe Pita. I did have an exchange with him earlier this year. I was lucky enough to get a copy of that book ahead of the game and just hadn't had a chance to to compare notes with him. So I'm glad that we had a spontaneous shout out because the book uh, yeah. really is a lot of fun. And you know, you mentioned John Rahm and this is why I'm, I'm bringing it back up again. I really do like John Rahm and, and so do the analytics. Now Rahm's only played eight rounds at the masters. And the, you know, there's a question, is that enough experience wise, but uh, right. you can get Rahm right now at 20 to one odds. And uh, you know, uh, Joe Peters book makes this observation, what he does off the tee puts him in contention. If he can hit the ball uh, in the fairway or around the fairway, that means he's got short irons in. And as we know, that's such a huge advantage at Augusta National. So we you gave out some yeah. s- some Spieth love, some uh, Rom love. Fino is your horse. It's a it, I, I lo- I'm going to ride it along with you. I mean, I, I that he's exactly the price point that I like, and uh, you know the analytics are certainly very supportive. I like that he's in that age 29, age 30 category. Now, I'm, by the time Wednesday rolls around, I'll have enough time to do the research on this. There's another guy that's right around 30 years old who had a very hot finish to last year's Masters that could be due, that's been on a major's cold streak, 0 for 34, and his name begins with a Ricky. I'm looking really hard at at, at that guy. I'm looking really hard at that guy this week, Verno. I'm giving him a lot of consideration. Just imagine when I am, you know, as someone who is a big fan of, the analytics and I hear about a guy who left I mean this guy because of the lack of shot data if you're if you're uh if you're reading that book at one point when he's going back and trying to figure out some of the things that Tiger did he took the data that was available and logged every single player in the tournament every single shot to yeah. try to come up with the shot gained over 20,000. You know how tedious this is? So this yeah. is a guy that's super dedicated himself to understanding and learning all this stuff. And then I get to the crescendo and he's like, see now? I'm like, oh God, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he would have picked somebody, if, if he liked somebody different, maybe I would have felt different. But I, uh, I was so happy that that was just the name off the cuff that I brought up last week as someone that I was, I was like, because I at that story last year, was so crazy and so awesome. And I felt so bad for the friggin' guy. Hits the hole in one, celebrates this a, di- a dislocated <laughs> ankle ain't no ain't nothing to mess with. That's right. And for him to for him to do that in that moment and then play on that busted ankle and be so awesome. Um and he's just such an intensely likable guy. I think it'd be awesome for golf if he's right yeah, there in the mix at the end. I agree with you. So we're 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 rooting for Fee now. We were rooting for Speed. Yep. We're rooting for Rom. I've got my eye on Mr. Ricky Fowler. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to give him out Wednesday or not, but I'm certainly taking a, a, a under advisement. 
Berna, we've done it. Where can we find you this week uh, with the Masters updates? Where? Because I got to hear the song. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet everything out. So just follow me at Chris Vernon Show. One word, Chris Vernon Show. And I will. Uh, I'll be sure to tweet everything that I'm doing out uh, in regards to the Masters. That's for there sure. you go. At, at Chris Vernon Show. His his wagers, his performance art, his beautiful song, everything Masters you can find right there. Chris Vernon, thank you, my brother. Hey, hey, one last. We're betting Charlie Hoffman leader after first day. <laughs> okay, that's always a given. That's always a given. We always love that one. I feel like he's always. I know. It's, it's, it's true. <laughs> All right. All right, Verno, let's win some money. Let's do it. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts, what a way to kick off Masters Week. As I mentioned, it shall be a gambler's paradise on Wednesday. We're going to cover a lot of angle, a lot of territory. I will be allocating capital. I'll have a menu pulled out. We have glorious interviews coming up with Justin Ray and with our own Harry Gagnon, Joel Beal on the props. And then after you've gotten all of your bets out and your fantasy lineups and your DFS entered Wednesday night into Thursday, check in with us on Sunday immediately after the green jacket goes on the shoulders. We're up with a recap all of our reactions, our sentiments, and our guesses at what the new champion might serve for dinner next year. Until then, let's keep it rolling. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.